Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Oh yeah, we have much to discuss here with this Jimmy Butler trade. But I want to remind you first that Navy Federal has a mission to put members first by making their financial goals the priority. Receive a lifetime of membership benefits to help you and your family accomplish your life missions like a full suite of financial products designed to fit your needs, 24-7 live support, and access to over 300 branches on or near military bases. Visit NavyFederal.org for more information. Call 1-888-842-6328 or download the Navy Federal Credit Union app, message and data rates may apply our long national nightmare is over jimmy butler traded to the destination that probably was discussed third among those where he might be sent uh outside of miami and houston but talks had clearly fizzled in that direction and so tom thibodeau decided finally to pull the trigger and it seems like the impetus was that they weren't winning with butler right i mean that that's what we said danny was like well what's going to get him out of there the fact that this idea that they were going to still win with butler and tibbs was going to save his job with butler uh was proved a fallacy and i think at four and nine after a loss to the kings last night they had reached that point four and nine a zero and five road trip is is rough i mean that's a lot to take and yeah they were road games they lost to sacramento on friday night i think a good place to start with this and any trades what we usually do is with the terms themselves so the deal is jimmy butler and justin Patton, who just had his option declined so he will be an unrestricted free agent in the summer of 2019 for robert covington dario sharich jared bayless and a 2022 second round pick per real gm philly has the better of theirs in denver so that's probably not gonna be a great pick but it is it is something and of note in that both teams create trade exceptions in the deal because of how it was structured minnesota gets one for 2.7 million philly gets one for two about 2.5 yeah and uh, minnesota reducing their luxury tax uh, not bill because they weren't in the tax but breathing room uh, by a, a little bit philly was so far away from the taxes here it didn't really matter they had like 20 million in room philly still has their room exception as well to try and sign someone i, I think we should start Uh, from Philly's end here uh, while we're sticking with the financials obviously there's so much to talk about with how this is going to look on the floor this actually doesn't hurt Philly's financial situation as much as you might think right because the salary was pretty even going out Butler he does have a big cap hold next year 30.7 million dollars he's making 20 this year uh so increase that by 1.5 that's how you get his cap hold for next year but it is short of the max that he could be making which is projected for 32.7 right now so they get a little bit of extra room there once they give him what sounds like a, a likely max extension depending on how things go but this is done with the intention of keeping him so but then you're subtracting Sharich and you're subtracting Covington so you that opens up a little more space. remember they were pretty much right at about 
37 million for next year to fit someone in potentially who was uh the 10 plus year max but you know they weren't really being talked about in that way as a destination i think that was one of the impetus for the trade but they still have 19.6 million depending on what the draft pick situation looks like next year of course they could still get the number one overall pick although that's very unlikely uh with that sacramento uh pick that they traded 29 30ths of to boston uh so and then they even have uh some salary that we could talk about in a little bit Uh, it's probably not the lead here but there are ways they could maybe even get up to you know close to 30 million in cap space to add uh, around the big three now of Embiid, butler and simmons um anything else to add on the financials do you want to talk about uh, how this is going to work for philly on the court briefly on the financials the other massive consideration for that 19 to 20 million which could expand with other trades the cap space is that that money if they sign somebody to a multi-year deal will make this team very expensive in time because jimmy butler you know he's going to get paid joel Embiid is already making about 30 million a year he that contract he's already on that contract and then ben simmons will get his raise in 2020 so if they chose to go in that aggressive tact of paying somebody let's say 20 million a year for four years let's say that's let's say that's where they went well that team's going to get that's probably three years in the luxury tax i mean unless they make other moves at some point after that to clear money i'm not saying whether that's a good thing or a bad thing i'm not saying whether ownership is willing to do that but it is a consideration and that is why ownership for philly has a big decision to make in the summer of 2019 because they they need to be looking in the crystal ball for the next four years and saying what are we comfortable paying because if you either lie to yourselves or make the wrong decision it meaningfully impacts where the team is yeah and butler would be eligible for up to five years 190 million which would have him making over 43 million in the fifth year of that deal well into his mid-30s uh but let's talk about how this is going to look right now i mean this is really really interesting uh you know they've added butler but they've taken away their second best shooter and we talked about how this team desperately needs shooting the one thing that butler is not as good at as robert covington is bombing from deep as a spot of shooter. i think butler can get better in that area and maybe we will see that from him uh, but you know that's not what he likes to do he likes to iso uh he likes to handle and pick and roll and philly desperately needed that as well right i mean it, it's kind of interesting when you have a team with all these non-shooters to also need creation uh which butler provides and certainly butler's the best guy uh, available on the market for that hopefully with that room exception on the buyout market or maybe with additional trades they can fill in uh, some more shooting around these guys they still have reddick as well uh it's gonna be very hard again like brett brown is gonna really have his work cut out for now finding an offense where you can give enough space to butler enough space to Embiid. i mean presumably Embiid's gonna be setting a screen roll for butler and then what the hell do you do with simmons in those sets having him be off the ball so there's a a lot uh to look at here in terms of how this offense is going to function despite being you know clearly one of the most talented teams in the nba now this will be a massive whole sum of the parts question and like last year jimmy butler shot 39 percent on his catch and shoot threes but he only attempted two of them a game compared to 1.5 pull-up threes and our team's going to respect him how much are they going to stay off him and as you said you can't there aren't going to be that many actions that involve all three of them it's hard to pull that off and so what happens with the way the team defends the third guy and this might not be as much of a regular season problem because most of the time opponents don't have game plans to i mean other than 
basic stuff of leave this guy open or something like that. But in the playoffs, they sure do. And you get Jimmy Butler to compete in the playoffs. You don't get him to win a couple of extra regular season games. And so this, you talked about how this makes life for Brett Brown a lot harder. And I, I fully agree with you. It also makes life on Elton Brand slash Brett Brown, depending on how people see that dynamic, a lot harder too, because now they're looking for shooting, but they're also ideally looking for shooting that is not, you know, tiny, that that can be a part of what could be a really dynamic defense. Yeah, and they do get better defensively here. Jimmy Butler uh, is, has quicker feet than Robert Covington. Uh, he may actually not be quite as good. I mean, Covington is maybe one of the best in the NBA from the wing position at digging down from the wing and getting his hands in uh, on drivers and post players. But Butler still is very solid as a help defender as well. And he's got the strength. I mean, they're between Simmons and Butler. I mean, because Covington really struggled to guard one-on-one in last year's playoffs in particular. But now between Simmons and Butler, I mean, you there's no team, especially because the Sixers, you know, I don't see them doing a ton of switching uh, with Embiid on the floor, although, you know, and they're probably going to, you know, need to play Redick even more now. Uh, to, and Shamit, you know, those guys are not going to be as good as switchers. Uh, they could have some lineups that would be pretty good switching, but, you know, because they could throw Wilson Chandler in there as well. Uh, but I, I think whoever the two best threats are on the other team, just throw Simmons and Butler on them and you're looking pretty darn good there and then you've got Embiid backing them up I mean that's going to be nearly impenetrable you would think uh and you know I think if they have good communication they might switch some too and and then be able to just you know talk Redick uh, or Shamit out of those matchups uh, as well if they need to uh Wilson Chandler now though Dane becomes a, a key key piece for this team as he returns from his hamstring injury well yeah this is something Kevin Pelton noted in his breakdown this the Sixers right now because they have 14 guys on roster after the trade two of those guys Patton and Zaire Smith are hurt then Cork Maz is, is out of the rotation Jonah Bolden isn't really playing so they really have 10 possible guys depending on who's healthy and who's not and they traded two starters for one starter so that opens up certainly Reddick's going to get some of those minutes but he's not going to get many more so that opens up something for probably Wilson Chandler maybe a little bit more for Shamit and that's a, a challenge I mean Wilson Chandler is still on a minutes restriction and that does put some heat on buyout guys they could use that trade exception they created to get somebody though not not obviously somebody who makes a ton of money and also the idea of potentially moving some of the pieces that they have in something else that could be you know Mike Mascala to me isn't as I mean certainly you have they, a need for yeah. him right now but I think they need him at there's, you have center. a need for him right they, now they, like I mean it's yeah because like, now like I mean their bench really just doesn't work at all any, anymore now I mean like McConnell and Fultz you know McConnell is a good player but he was already out of the rotation uh Fultz you know they were already struggling to get enough spacing for Fultz with Covington out there now that's going to compact even more uh with Butler and Fultz will gum up the works even more when Butler is is trying to play and certainly you can't play Fultz Simmons and Butler together and expect to to do well you know maybe you could do that if you're going to just play Mascala at center you know and with him beat out of the game maybe you could find a way to go there but uh so now I mean McConnell and Fultz are kind of you know almost unplayable themselves so like you got like six players on this team that really like fit together and can work and then you know they're the inevitable injury concerns as well presumably this will also mean a meaningful reduction in jimmy butler's minutes maybe a reduction to the reported agreement of 32 minutes a game something that butler only did twice this season one i think both games were blowouts he played 41 last night against Sacramento and led to some colorful quotes to Sam Amick of The Athletic. And oh, oh, yeah. He said, we have 41 minutes is too much. We have 14 other fucking guys on the roster. <laughs> 
And honestly, we could just refer to those guys as the other fucking guys. That is, <laughs> and honestly, based on based on Jimmy's approach and everything else. <laughs> And, no, he loves those guys, and, and, and he, I, he's been out there fighting for those guys. He has been fight fighting for those guys. Uh. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think that... I, and so, I mean, from Philly's perspective, I want to do one big picture thing quickly, because you talked about it a little bit at the front, but I think this is important. They, not only did they walk out of last offseason with nothing long-term, I mean, obviously, J.J. Redick is a really good consolation prize for what this team needed. But one way of thinking about this trade is that last year, they did that. This year, there were a lot of, there are a lot of guys in 2019 that would have made a ton of sense for the Sixers. Kawhi Leonard would be awesome there. Clay Thompson is almost perfect. And Durant would have been nasty, obviously, just like he is almost everywhere. But there's a very, and, and I think Butler is a meaningfully worse fit than all of those guys. But there is a really significant chance that they were going to walk away with none of them. And if yeah. they believed, which is an interesting argument, if they believed that Jimmy Butler was not going to go there if they didn't trade for him, well, then they kind of, they, they raised their floor, even if they arguably lowered their ceiling. And I mean, I would have rather seen Jimmy Butler play with Sharich Covington or both. I mean, that would, I mean, you have to manage the minutes to keep those guys happy, but they have 20 million to theoretically work with, or they have Redick and the room mid-level or sorry, the non-taxpayer mid-level if they wanted to go that route, whatever. And I understand that rationale because I mean, Clay seems pretty locked in with the Warriors. Durant and Philly never really seemed like a fit. So then you're putting a lot on the Kawhi train. And I don't know that I would do that. I don't have enough. I don't have the intel. I haven't talked to Kawhi and his uncle or anything else, but that's a lot of eggs to be putting in that basket. And it seems pretty clear based on the structure of this, that the possibility or certainty of a fifth year was important to Butler because that's what really had to be the impetus for working as hard to get a trade during the season. Otherwise, you could just sign with somebody else. And piggybacking on what you were saying there, you might say, oh man, like this is, this isn't the greatest deal. Like, you know, because we are now, it's nearly fait accompli that we're going to have to pay Butler this five year, $190 million contract. And that's going to be a bad contract. That's probably true. By the end, it's not going to look good. Uh, almost certainly. But let's say they struck out on Clay Thompson and Kawhi Leonard you know uh, chris middleton probably as well so now you have to use that cap space as you mentioned you know ben simmons would start getting expensive the summer after so your cap space goes away so now you're comparing giving jimmy butler that five-year deal which is a big deal you know and it's going to go a little bit longer but would you rather give jimmy butler that five-year deal and overpay him for a guy who's going to be a uh if not a superstar a star level of player at least at the beginning of the contract or would you rather overpay for you know guys along the level of of some of these bad contracts that we saw in 2016 or you know an auto porter level a guy or something like that you know there's a lot of space around the league and so it's unlikely that whomever they signed that wasn't a star and, and i agree with you i think it's the tea leaves looked pretty unlikely that a star was coming and you know i'm sure some of the intel they had maybe confirmed that uh so it's probable to me that Butler's contract, even if it does end up being a bad contract, ends up being better than any other long-term contract that they might have given out next summer. That's a really good point. And you talked about the timeline here. I think that's a, a good thing to mention as well. If Butler gets a five-year deal, that will extend his deal one year beyond Joel Embiid. And something I talked about in my piece for The Athletic is that if Butler makes some concessions off of a full max five-year deal, and remember, he's not eligible for a designated veteran thing because of the first trade not the second trade and that could how they do that will be really fascinating because they could basically they could either cut the per season amounts or something like that or they could do some sort of 
non-full guarantee on that final season. And that could be clarifying for what the Sixers are thinking and everything else. So we're still a long way out from that. And it is technically possible for either side to just walk away from this in July of 2019 and just say, you know, maybe if Kawhi says, yes, you could theoretically just say, hit the road, Jimmy, we're going to take Kawhi instead. Or Jimmy could say, I want to play for the Lakers or something else. Like those things are possible. I don't think anybody expects that now. This is kind of like the Chris Paul Rockets situation redux where you technically you can't agree to a deal but everybody kind of thinks something's going to get done and yeah I mean the Sixers team is is absolutely fascinating and now you have a brand new general manager and a coach who probably has a significant voice in the process trying to figure out how to do everything else that this team needs and Philly you know they not only do they have intriguing young talent but they also have draft resources they have all their own picks they have the fringe chance of getting Sacramento's they have that Miami unprotected pick in, I believe that's 2021. And they have a bunch of extra seconds because oh, they oh, just... Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's 2022. It's 2021. You're right. I, I apologize. It's the good draft. And so they, and they, and they have a bunch of extra seconds from various things. And so how do they handle this? Do they want to try to get guys in now? Do they get guys in now that have longer term contracts? Do they wait and just say, hey, let's see what we can do with that 20, maybe plus million in next summer? It, this is a now a really, really hard general managing job, but it has stakes and that's that's what you get into it for. Like, I, I'm excited to see where they go with this. This is a good trade uh, for, for Philly and Minnesota. I mean, let's let's just evaluate it just kind of on the like the, the asset for asset basis and then maybe we can transition into the wolves uh, after that actually you know what we'll give you the answer to that uh, right after this so you know uh we're all about the stats here uh, on dunked on uh, but this is uh, a rather sobering one 66 percent of men start losing their hair by age 35 i was actually one of them back when i was in my mid-20s started losing my hair and after about a year of it i was like hey you know what i'm gonna start taking finasteride because that works best to keep the hair that you have so it's best to to get it early and now that's never been easier you have to go to the doctor's office anymore thanks to hymns which is a one-stop shop for hair loss skin care and sexual wellness for men they connect you with real doctors and medical grade solutions to treat hair loss these are well-known generic equivalents to name brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair, not snake oil pills, gas station counter supplements. Surprised they went with gas station counter. The, the gas station bathroom supplements are even worse, but it's not that. All you have to do here to get real medical solutions for hair loss, go to 4 answer a few quick questions, and a doctor will review and can prescribe you. Then products are shipped directly to your door. No more waiting rooms. No more awkward doctor visits. My listeners can get a trial month of Hims for just five dollars today while supplies last. See their website for full details. This would cost you so much more in both money and time if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy. Instead, go to fourhims.com slash capspace. Easy to remember. We talk about capspace here all the time on the program. That's fourhims, F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash capspace. Fourhims.com slash capspace. I don't know if that's slash capspace URL that you came from us okay so uh, before the break uh, i asked you is this a good trade uh let's just start for philly side and, and it's not impossible of course that both sides uh, could have made a good trade here uh but it, just for, for it's, philly it's also possible that both sides didn't but um I, I so i'm really ambivalent about this for the the sixers i mean defensively it's going to be awesome but i think the sixers could have a good defense either way i'm not really concerned about that my this is this is the type of deal that makes a team easier 
for the best squads to defend. And I'm not sure that what they can add around Butler, Simmons, and Embiid to fix that. Like, so when we did the time to panic with Ethan, the, the my biggest concern with them was the incongruity of their three most high-profile players. And now, theoretically, you're replacing Markel Fultz with Jimmy Butler, but a lot of those concerns still exist because Jimmy Butler is not going to change the way he plays. Ben Simmons isn't going to change the way he plays. Joel Embiid probably isn't going to change the way he plays. So I could be wrong that, that the, the sum is just greater than I expect it to be, but I think each of these guys takes a little bit away from the others on the offensive end, and you can still build a really good team, but if we're talking like a championship, that gets chuff. Well, so you're saying you wouldn't have done this, right? Oof. Let's talk about Covington real quickly. I mean, he he to me is like the 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 big jewel here, and, and that's because he was only making $10 million for the next three years. He turns 28 in December, uh, and the three years after this one, he's going to be making around $10 million. Remember, he they did that renegotiation and extension that front-loaded uh, his new contract, so they're able to get him for really cheaply. And, and you know, he's worth more than that, uh, certainly. You know, he did have a terrible playoffs last year, but he's been better again this year. I mean, he's a guy who's an aggressive shooter. you got to guard him out there, and he's a uh, outstanding defender off the ball and a solid one uh, on the ball, uh, you know, but he did, it, I mean, I think it is worthwhile that to note that he did kind of fail in the playoffs last year. Both, you know, the shooting, I think, is something that could have come around, but he was, you know, they were taking him out of the rotation for TJ McConnell. Uh, and then really defensively, he was not good enough as their one-on-one stopper on the wing. So I think, like, I like this trade for Philly because they weren't going anywhere with what they had. I mean, Covington, a good player, value contract, you know, as a second banana wing bef- defender, I think you can feel pretty good about it. And maybe, you know, Simmons could have been the first banana, but, uh, you know, I, I think he's a solid player but you know probably one who was in a little bit too big of a role again when we're talking about this rarefied air of competing for a championship and butler is like an a1 type wing defender um and you just you just get more talent on the team and you can't probably find a robert covington you you could maybe find a player as good as covington with your 20 million in cap space next year uh or maybe you could find him in a trade and then the loss of sharich to me doesn't really matter at all you know i think he's like all right he could have played a few minutes off the bench at the highest level in the playoffs uh but just too bad defensively and you know he's got some ability to get into the post and his shooting has gotten better although it waxes and wanes and he's a good interior passer but you know he just has too many weaknesses to really play big minutes at the highest level in a conference finals or uh final situation in today's nba so i don't really think it's that i mean he was worth something uh so there's an opportunity cost obviously to dealing him but you know i'm not like oh man like they're they just gave up this great path that they had with dario Sharich in the starting lineup so I, I think talent for talent they did pretty well here um oh, sorry cats are chasing each other it was a little it was a little distracting well uh, yeah but anything and like and with? like you yeah. well and like you i think that the opportunity cost of losing a small amount of cap space is not as big of a deal as as some might think you know they they are losing some in this but not a ton Sharich, yeah i mean you could argue that his biggest value was a, a mix in like as an as a, an, a supplement to a deal for a different player but i don't know who that different player was like I, I'm not sitting there going, oh, Philly should have signed. Incidentally, Josh Richardson would have been a really interesting player for Philly to add. Not saying he's necessarily better than Jimmy Butler, but he is on a, a more front team friendly contract than Butler is is getting. But that's just off the top of my head. I'm just thinking of different guys. So from Philly's perspective, yeah, I mean they, they'll have to find replacements, but the margin between the guys they lost and those replacements is less material than the margin between Butler and them because you can't find Jimmy Butler's very often. And Sharich, I mean, he had a wonderful season last year, but if that if that was not rep- 
representative, especially from a shooting perspective, of what he is. Any steps back there make him so much less playable against the best teams. And he was even then it was getting a little bit dicey. So I think that's a fair point. And I think that's a good transition into Minnesota. Well, hold on. I, because... I got a little more I want to say in Philly first. Um, sure, go ahead. They... I think they certainly increased their ceiling with this move. Uh, I think that they, Ben Simmons, you know, the idea of him like getting a jump shot, significantly changing his game, didn't look that likely to be. Markel Fultz was supposed to be the upside for this team. If that was going to happen, it's years from now to where he actually is going to help you win at a championship level. So for the foreseeable future, even with Joel Embiid playing at a level, I think beyond any of us expected so far this year, I mean, he's been great. Uh, but uh, even then, you know, they didn't look awesome. They had a nice win against the Pacers the other night but it seemed clear to me you know I've said this many times and that they're at a point where okay you know you can win 50 games you look great against two-thirds of the league and then they just don't match up well against you know the best teams in the NBA your Toronto's uh your Boston's in the east in particular um but so now the challenge becomes how do you build around this core of Butler Embiid and Simmons we mentioned that the fit between those three is not ideal it's a lot of talent it's ideal defensively that's for sure and so they have to obviously get some shooting and hopefully someone with a little size who can have that shooting they've got jj reddick right now you know if he comes back he'll probably eat into some of the cap space that they would hope to use next summer you know who knows how he ends things whether he wants to this year whether he wants to stay there what his value is on the market etc but really to me and they still have that 2021 miami pick as well to me, the time to go all in is very soon here. And Markel Fultz is going to be making almost $10 million next year. He is almost certainly not going to give them $10 million of production next year. He is not going to have the ball in his hands. He's not going to get babied anymore now that they have Jimmy Butler on this team. And so his value is only going to go down now. He's not, probably not going to look very good uh, when he's out there. We're not going to see things like Brett Braun going to a lineup with all other shooters on the floor and no Embiid just to try to help Fultz and Simmons coexist you know it's it, the babying is over for Markel Fultz with this move and so to me they need to trade him post haste if he has any value at all it's only going to go down from here on out and if, especially if they can either get a guy who you know fits is on a long-term contract uh, with them who can be another starter uh if or just gets back someone who's an expiring contract so they could use that space next summer uh and, and you know can help them this year as well uh you know it, it depends who knows what false's value is around the league i i there's got to be teams out there who are still interested but you know i probably wouldn't be uh as a GM at this point, you know, unless I'm a really bad team that just wants to try and get some talent. Uh, they also have that all of their picks going forward. They have that 2021 pick. I think the time is, and also you got to hope that it goes well here with Butler so that he'll want to stay. You know I mean? I think they've, if it's a disaster, if they get swept in the second round, you know, is Jimmy going to want to come back? You know, I'm sure he's, they said all, all the right things, and but basically their agreement was, all right, you know, if things go well, I'll, we'll bring you back. We'll make you this contract offer. So there's no guarantee things go well. I think between now and the trade deadline, they need to move faults i think they probably you know might even want to throw in a future pick find and hopefully find another long-term starter who because there aren't that many of those guys around who can defend and shoot the ball and don't necessarily need the ball uh you know maybe a, a stretch big obviously would be someone who would help a lot as well you know that but that might be more of a regular season type of player uh you know like a ryan anderson in the buyout market or something like that uh but yeah that's i mean they just have to move faults i think they need to move him now because his value is only going to go down 
you know december 15th is when uh, all the guys who signed not all but most of the guys who signed last summer it can be traded and especially because they're going to be in a battle for seating as well it's just like now that if butler is going to be a main part of this team like unless Fultz, like he can't just be oh he's pretty dynamic and his jumper is passable no he's got to be like a really good jump shooter again he's so far away from being that got to trade him almost immediately i think and they might not even need a true backup b- point guard ball handler type depending on how they're going to structure and not Embiid as much but uh butler and simmons's minutes i mean if you those guys like having the ball in their hands a lot you could go for more of a complimentary off guard type guy and it would work reasonably well also if they need that ball handler the margin between fultz and mcconnell isn't as important and now you think about that nine million or ten million in cap space for next year that becomes really important too so and and if what you need is a backup point guard you don't need to pay nine million for that guy especially if he doesn't fit particularly well with where you're going so like and and there's a parallel for me obviously Fultz is a more intriguing talent than those guys were at the time with what happened with Nerlens Noel and Jaleel Okafor which was the Sixers it sounds like weren't happy with the offers they were getting so they held on to those guys until the offers they were getting basically went to zero and at certain points you just have to grin and bear it and say this is the best we're going to do and I'm not saying that's necessarily in the next month but it is before the February before the February trade deadline because as you said it's not going that way and yes there are a bunch of teams that are going to have cap space next summer and I think that if it's that unless the season goes horribly somebody might just roll the dice on that but again that's not getting value back that's unloading him for nothing so I don't know what offers are on the table but I agree with you that they should be pushing incredibly hard especially when you consider the present value that they need to convince Butler and that this year is a year that they are competitive yeah and I'm not sure what that trade is I haven't had time to look into that yet we're recording this an hour after the trade came down the pipe here but uh that's something that we will probably think about a lot in the future okay much more to get to uh but first this from trip actions which takes the pain out of corporate travel management the complete solution that helps businesses save and keeps employees happy i wonder if uh, all these NBA teams could benefit from trip actions to fly all these players around uh, after the trade. Trip actions are the first travel management platform designed from the ground up with the road warrior in mind. So I guess this was not designed for uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves with Jimmy Butler since they just went 0-5 uh, on that road trip. Uh, but it's designed for everyone else uh, with easy booking from app or desktop, 24-7 proactive around the globe support, and incentives for employees to save on travel expenses. Companies large and small see over 90% adoption and up to 34% savings on travel when they use trip actions lift sarah lee's frozen bakery they trust trip actions with their business travel learn how trip actions can replace business travel at your company today and you'll be rewarded just for checking them out if you go to tripactions.com slash cap space easy row slash cap space talk about it all the time in the program here attend a 30 minute demo and you get a hundred dollar amazon gift card that's pretty good hundred dollars for 30 minutes but hurry this offer is valid during this month only that's tripactions.com slash capspace for a free demo and a hundred dollar amazon gift card tripactions.com slash capspace so what was your final verdict did you, did you think this is a good trade for philly i, I think it's a good trade I, it's not a no-brainer but i think it's a it's a good trade and a, and a necessary trade i think it's a worthy gamble yeah. so yeah i don't love it but it it i mean at a certain point you have to do something and you're comparing this to a lot of imperfect options because that's just where this team is and so yeah i mean would it be better to have clay thompson sure were they going to get clay thompson no 
so that's sort of a, yeah. that, that's kind of where I ended up with it. And it's always hard because you never know what other offers are on the table. And so if another team was undervaluing their asset or something like that, then maybe it gets that where. But in the abstract, yeah, I think I think they did a pretty good job. And well, and I'll say this too, Minnesota- you know, Philly, this was a unique opportunity for them because they had good players. Usually, so a team trading someone like Butler is like you know sane about it and wants future assets, but right. Minnesota was not saying about it uh and so this was one that philly actually could get into with the players that they had whereas it probably wouldn't have been as attractive for another team that was interested in making a trade uh so yeah i think that and we say hey you know yeah philly like they're just young you know simmons and b like these guys are you know still in their their early 20s and you know we think of them as having all these assets but as bodner is detailed they really didn't have that many assets left anymore and so they were had a lot fewer options going forward as a way to get to being a top level team and that's really what this is about right i mean they could win 50 games the next four years with simmons and Embiid and losing the second round every year but that's not what uh this team should be trying for and so as far as just getting more t- this level of talent on the team getting better potentially getting into championship contention uh and we'll see how good this actually makes them you know i think it, they could be right there with toronto and boston if they can get some more guys around butler simmons and Embiid. as of right now i don't think they're there still uh but you know I, I, like the status quo seemed like oh yeah you know they're a young team they're just developing there's no rush like no actually there kind of was because their their cap space was about to go away and they just didn't really have many other options for taking the next step especially when it looked like you know Fultz and Simmons jumpers just were never going to develop right and while Simmons can become a much better player a much better player with his same flaw isn't like it, it's still valuable but it's not as valuable it, it, it i don't know how to necessarily convey this but there's a there's a ceiling on what he can do if the jump shot never comes that ceiling is still really high it's an all nba player but it's not the uh, when we're talking about the playoffs and a potential championship team it's something a little bit different and so i'm happy that they didn't bet on that reform because it probably wasn't coming are you ready for the transition because i have a way to add to frame this that i think you might find interesting Absolutely. Okay. Would you rather have Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, and the upgrade from the 16th pick to the number seven pick, or Robert Covington, Dario Saric, that second round pick, I guess, if that matters. And let's even exclude for the sake of this one year of Jimmy Butler. Which of those would you rather have? Well, I don't think you can exclude one year of Jimmy Butler. Though. Like they made the playoffs last no, year. No, no. What, what I, no, what I'm saying is I would still take Covington and Saric in the pick, even without the year of Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure about that, especially because you know, well, and the Levine's playing a lot better, so that yeah. that isn't a that is a consideration here. Yeah. Though he did get paid and, a bunch of money, and Markinen would have been like a really good fit with what they were trying to do too. I mean, I, no, I, I think it's uh, probably would have had that package, but they also did get a, a year of Butler, so you know, and they made the playoffs and all of those sorts of things. Yeah. So that was one frame I wanted to do, but then the other part is this: this Wolves team that is now created is so bizarre because they have all these players that I think makes sense on a good team but i'm not sure they have the structure on the players on top of them to do it i mean i know that's the idea behind towns and wiggins also i'm not sure thibodeau is the right coach to maximize a team around this conceit but this is the second time in the last few months that a star pending free agent at a position of value has been traded without that team receiving what i would consider a premium asset and in both circumstances the front office is in play went for more of a immediate can 
con- con- contribution scheme, though these guys are younger than, you know, than DeRozan overall. And I think in both cases, even if the offers were weaker than expected in terms of more long-term stuff, that it's just, they, they created something that's a little bit bizarre. Yeah, I mean, let's just take a look at, uh, well, I, since we were talking about it, actually, I mean, do you want to just say, like, do you think this is a good trade for the Wolves at this point? I I don't love it for them. I really don't because Sharich and Covington are exactly the type of players that, like, because you could say, oh, they could repackage these guys or they could do something else that are more additives to make a trade more interesting than centerpieces of really getting value back. Uh, the guy I was thinking about with this was like Danny Green. While they have way better contracts long-term than Danny Green, he made that trade. Oh, I like these guys when they get traded a lot more for the acquiring team than, than the team that is getting something back usually because they're just undervalued around the league. And so I love Robert Covington. I don't think other teams do. And so as much as I do, and they, the Wolves are getting the benefit of not having to give him the balloon payment. His contract is very reasonable. And so maybe they have him around. I think he helps make their team better. But what value is him making their team better, providing to Minnesota in a loaded Western Conference? I mean, it makes it more likely that they can fight towards the eight seed. Sure, absolutely. And Charge is kind of the same type of guy. But I don't know really if that, if, if what they're bringing is that valuable. And as time progresses, those contracts get less valuable just because you get less team friendly years on it you know each year that passes you get charges making basically nothing for this year next so I don't love this deal for Minnesota because I think two or three years from now we'll be walking away from being like well okay that's what they got for Jimmy Butler I mean, I think this deal could kind of get them back into like, you know, lower end playoff contention. Uh, if they, you know, I think Covington can be not as good as Butler defensively, but pretty good. And I think he actually helps the offensive fit a lot more. You know, we'll see whether Sharich is going to start at the four over Taj Gibson or not. They also already have Tolliver, who's kind of, you know, does similar things. I mean, Sharich will be even more wasted in terms of like his kind of supplementary playmaking and post up ability on switches than he would have been. Uh, but, you know, Gibson is not under contract. Tolliver is old so charge could be the power forward of the future here uh and i think he is a, a solid fit offensively with towns um you know towns had 39 last night uh hopefully he will get back to playing well again offensively Wiggins who actually now missed time again with that quad injury which you know is starting to sound like it could be one of these chronic quad injuries the way we've seen from uh guys like Selden and obviously Kawhi uh hopefully that's not the case but you know I mean now the pressure is back on Andrew Wiggins to evolve into being a a a very good player again which you know seems unlikely these days uh but that was always going to be the case that they were very reliant on him becoming good so I you know I think this is fine for them i think they can kind of hang around they're four nine already this year so making the playoffs just because you're coming from that five win deficit is looking a lot less likely um but you know these guys are actually under contract for a while we'll see what sharich uh ends up potentially getting extended for we'll see whether tibbs is still around next year but this is i mean at least they have four starters under contract here for a while going forward and all guys who've played at a solid level so you know it's not it's not terrible i mean this is probably once the josh richardson goal or uh trade became unrealistic because he started playing so well this year uh i mean they probably are gonna rue not taking that deal 
that involved Richardson and a first round pick from Miami and it, you know they would have probably had some negative consequences in terms of having to take on salary there too but uh you know I think that they're going to be unhappy that they didn't take that because Richardson's looking like he's uh, taking the next step for sure offensively and he's he's fabulous defensively he's probably better than Covington is uh but you know this is okay uh it's probably better than the four first round picks from Houston uh because those are probably gonna be pretty heavily protected and then you know having to take on Chris and Brandon Knight his bad contract as well you know wasn't really going to look good and, and at least this way they're also you know th- their tax concerns going forward uh, have been alleviated because this is going to be they brought back Butler would be a pretty expensive team so I think they did fine here uh I'm not sure you know and, and at this point you know because of the the trade offer was made so late at this point or, or the trade demand was made so late I'm not sure that there was really a better offer out there for them you know if it, I think this was better than the Houston one probably um do you agree with me on that or do you think that Houston offer would been better i mean granted that we don't know the protections but assuming they weren't like completely yeah the protection draconian. the protection is is entirely it like yeah if it was for like and the late picks were lightly protected then i would rather have houston's offer yeah. but if they weren't then i mean because because you can't get that but i wonder like you know long term what minnesota is really going to get out of this trade I, I like both covington and charge but it feels like this is more kind of like where the clippers are this year where it's like oh you're a, you're an interesting team you're a competitive team but the clippers this is a holding pattern to to something else that they hope will be a lot better actually the Clippers are another loser of this deal if it looks like Jimmy Butler is going to sign with Philly because then that's one guy that can't sign with the Clippers but they are they're a fine team you know there's, there's nothing wrong with it I, I actually might enjoy watching the Wolves now more but they're going to put a lot of play like creation on Wiggins' shoulders Jeff Teague when he gets back is going to have a complicated role with this team and it'll be kind of maybe more traditional in a sense but that doesn't necessarily make them better and well it's going to make them better than the ridiculous team they were with the ridiculous chemistry that they had to start the year and not knowing whether jimmy butler was going to play every game and you know this uh, ridiculous media circus like at least that'll be so they're going to be it made them better for this year and i think that was that was part of why butler finally you know the fact that the wolves were losing uh finally forced tibbs to pull the the trigger because he's like hey you know what if we're four and nine we could be four and nine you know and trade butler and get something back here um so yeah i mean i I still like i just don't know what a better offer was uh that was out there the clippers weren't willing to put in tobias harris which is is a little curious to me uh that they wouldn't do that but uh compared to, to jimmy butler but if that were the case you know, I'm just not sure what else there was out there, uh, regardless. And even, you know, when we would say, hey, we would rather go for more future assets, like who was going to trade for Butler this year that was going to give up a lot of future assets, you know, where he yeah, he would want to, like, te- like, the only teams that have that at this point, you know, he's not going to go to Boston. Uh, so, you know, in terms of, like, good teams that have future assets, there aren't really any of those out there anymore. Uh, so, you know, he's not going to go to Phoenix or something, a team that has some future assets that they can give back because he's just going to leave there um you know brooklyn didn't seem interested the knicks didn't seem interested in, in trading for him at this point you know those they don't have huge aspirations this season so i mean I, I just i'm not sure what else was left i mean i think that what they're really going to rue is just blowing it on the miami thing yeah and also potentially not taking depending on the reporting of the circumstance the early discussions like in august or whenever that was seriously because there might have been better offers then you know if it, if they had 
reconsidered it. It's basically, it kind of sounds like he said something like, I'm not coming back. And they didn't treat that as a trade demand because that's not a trade demand. But yes. the way you and I would interpret that is a trade demand because we're not Tom Thibodeau and we're not trying to win as much this year. It just, they, they he, it seems like he treated that more as input rather than a trade demand. And, you know, maybe there would have been more offers there. Teams would be less settled in who they have and everything like that. And you're right that Minnesota was put in an unfortunate circumstance in terms of timing by some of the teams that are aspirational about their cap space not being good enough this year where he's providing a lot of value. I floated the idea of Brooklyn. I thought Brooklyn was making a mistake not going as aggressively after Jimmy Butler, not knowing the terms of the deal, just because he's probably better than what they're going to do with their cap space over the next couple of years. So I, I and the, the Knicks are in this weird circumstance where he would, even if they weren't getting much present value from him, he might be better than what they get with their cap space, depending on how they're feeling about KD and everything else. So I think you're going to have a lot of teams that ended up making a mistake here because they're thinking they're going to get something better. And that's what makes the Philly part of this so compelling is that they made the opposite bet. And yeah, it's it's fascinating. And so something I wanted to ask you, and this isn't the way necessarily to evaluate this trade from Minnesota standpoint, but do you expect, not knowing a lot of things about the Western Conference, do you expect Minnesota to make the playoffs in one of the next two years? I mean, their defense is probably still going to suck. So, you know, a lot of it depends on the development of Wiggins, which I'm not high on. But Carl Towns could be such a good offensive player that, you know, he gets you to being a, a good offense on your own. So, I mean, you know, I think they'll be right around a 500 team. You know, I'm not a believer in Tibbs as a coach. Uh, if he gets fired and they get someone else in there who's a, a little bit better, at least at least you can really maximize the offense for this team because, you know, it, it seems like really nobody is going to be able to maximize this team's defense at, at this point. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, they got about a 50-50 shot this year. I mean, if they were just starting this season, like everyone was starting the season and they had this this lineup, they weren't already 4-9, and nine, you know, I'd give them an okay shot of making it. Um, So, and and I mean, to, to do that is still, they're still kind of better off than they were before they made the Butler trade if they're going to be you know, a little over 500. Uh, so we'll see how it works out. I mean, there is the risk that, you know, Covington and Sharich looked a lot better in Philly than they're going to look in Minnesota because, you know, Brett Brown's offense really, helped them a lot more than tom thibodeau's uh, pretty staid approach and covington you know he's a pretty solid defender but you know he's not gonna be able to do it all on his own and so you know he looked really good in philly system and he had Embiid behind him he had simmons around him you know as opposed to he's gonna just be uh the only guy playing defense in minnesota now so those guys could look a lot yeah. worse once they're once they're there. What, but, one thing yeah. I want to mention here, there's reporting that the trade call on this isn't going to happen until Monday. If I were advising Thibodeau, I would tell him to try to find partners to move Covington and Charge right now. I would seriously go after that because there's a serious downside risk to those guys just looking worse. Well, to, what, what are you going to I already said that? that they're, I don't know, but because but, I'm sure there are people who didn't expect that those players were on the market. And so if you could, if you basically, if you think their value now is better than their value will be a year or two from now i'd consider it i'm not saying i would i would absolutely trade them but i would listen i would listen pretty quickly because you can turn them around before the trade call happens without a problem i guess i mean covington is about as good of a fit as you could possibly hope for though as a a three and d type of wing i mean that's what they've desperately needed in in minnesota for the last god who god knows how long i mean they they desperately needed one back to the kevin garnett years i don't know if they've ever had one uh, on this team um yeah and and sharich you know uh, i'm just not sure his value is that high 
you know i don't think he you i don't know if you could even get a first round pick for him um and and again i, th- I think he wants to see how this all works out in terms of the fit so i, I don't really know what well and that's what i'm saying is what i'm saying is there's an opportunity cost to finding out how it works out because if it works out poorly then maybe you're walking out of this trade with very very little yeah well i mean you're, you're getting, getting you know the, like the good news is like neither of those guys makes that much money you know also jared bayless is in this trade he's there's a thought that he's going to get waived uh which wouldn't surprise me uh and hey, good job by Philly holding on to him instead of waving him because they were able to use him as as salary filler. They wouldn't have had anyone else. They would have had to trade somebody good. So that actually actually worked out that they held on to Bayless. Uh, yeah, because we were saying, hey, why hold Maybe on that, to him? And, and- and that's that's kind of the argument I made against the Knicks waving Noah is that you never really know what you're going yeah. to need in terms of making something happen. And it, even if they're an imperfect value, they were he was pretty good filler. And I mean, yeah, it would have probably been something like Mescala and Corkmaz. Mescala's going to help them a lot more than Jared Bayless. So yeah, I guess it would have had to have been Mescala. He was he would have been the other the other potential option here. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm really interested to see how Tibbs uses these guys uh, and to see what kind of spacing they have and. It, you know, I don't think it's going to, I think they're going to punch kind of below their weight, but this is a pretty talented team still, you know, a team that certainly, you know, has as much talent, especially on offense as a, a lot of these other teams in the West. So, you know, I do think there's a possibility they could play well. I'm just, I'm not a believer that Tibbs is the guy to really maximize what they can do offensively. And I think we've already established that these guys aren't going to stop anybody and losing, losing Jimmy Butler is and adding Sharich uh, and Covington, you know, that's probably a downgrade defensively, although they did defend okay when butler was on the floor last year and like they were all actually trying reasonably hard well the other downgrade is that they might not play taj gibson as much and so yeah that could that would hurt them yeah too. although i don't know how much taj really helps uh as a i've always felt like taj should be playing backup center for them um yeah that's true that yeah and there and there are some some cool concepts that they could go with with this team i mean if they played towns wiggins towns wiggins covington Sharich, and maybe a bigger guy and tried to switch a little bit more i mean maybe that would work i don't think it would but it's worth trying and then you could use Taj as a second unit center or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, actually, what We're, I'm scared sh- of is worth a shot. what I'm scared of is he's going to play Dario at the three and Covington at the two, and then still play. Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, with Wiggins out, you know, maybe, uh, especially, um, you know, we'll see how long where that quad injury goes. All right, I think we're running out of steam here. Uh, anything else you want to say on this before we wrap up? I wrote a CBA centric piece for the athletic about this. And I mean, you got my basketball analysis here. So talking about kind of the choices that Philly is, has to make and, and where Minnesota's books are and all that kind of stuff. So you can read that at the athletic or subscribe at the athletic.com slash campus. All right. Thanks to, for listening. Uh, programming note, this is going to be Sunday night's episode. So we'll be back on Monday night uh, instead uh, to do uh, some of our more usual programming. We went long enough on this that uh, this is just, we wanted to get this out to you guys right away uh but don't forget that like our mission to give you great basketball analysis navy federal has a mission to put members first by making their financial goals the priority receive a lifetime of membership benefits to help you and your family accomplish your life missions like a full suite of financial products designed to fit your needs 24 7 live support and access to over 300 branches on or near military bases visit navyfederal.org for more information call 1-888-842-6328 or download the navy federal credit union app App, message and data rates may apply. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 
21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.